Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me on this edition of Build Your Tribe. Today I'm talking about failure, and many of you may have caught this live on Periscope or on Facebook. And maybe the experience I'm going to share with you today isn't one that you will ever have, but I guarantee you this. I know there's been a time when you feel as though you have disappointed people or in some way you failed. And that we can all relate to. So sit back and enjoy. We are off to the show. Hey, everybody. So my name is Shaleen Johnson. I am a New York Times bestselling author. I am the creator of several online academies like the Smart Success Academy. I have a podcast called The Shaleen Show, one called Build Your Tribe for Business Professionals. I'm a mom of two. I'm a wife. And I've also created a lot of fitness infomercials. In fact, I happen to be in the Guinness Book of World Records for having done the most exercise videos, which is so weird. But, you know, as I say that, that's like a lot of stuff, right? Like sometimes when I hear my own bio, I'm like, whew, tired. Like who does all that, right? And it might seem to you sometimes when you hear somebody else's bio, like, wow, gosh, they're super successful. One thing you have to keep in mind though is success. It's a variable that's very much related to failure. Like you're not likely to find someone who's had a lot of success without having a lot of failure, right? So they usually go hand in hand. The more successful the person is, you'll probably find the more quote unquote failures they've had. So I shared a little bit of the story this weekend. And if you were already here and you saw that, I understand if you have other things to do, I wanted to give you an update. And for those of you who didn't get to hear the story, I wanted to share it with you because I believe even if you don't have exactly this experience, I think we all can relate to having a moment when you feel like you've let people down or that you failed or that you're not as good as other people or you're just a disappointment or you just, you know, I'm not good enough, right? And I have had a lot of that in my life and I still do. And that's really important to know is that people who are still growing are going to continue to have failure. That's the key. I love QVC. Now, some people don't know what QVC is, and you probably shouldn't because it's fully addictive. It's as, as addictive as Amazon. It is a 24-hour, around-the-clock shopping network. It's on TV, and there are hosts, and none of it, may I repeat, none of it is ever recorded. It's always live. And when you watch, you think to yourself, <laughs> they're selling that? That is so ridiculous. And then you sit down and you watch and you're like, well, oh, wow. Oh my God, it does that? <gasps> and it does that? And that's the price? And you end up calling like every single time I do this. I'm like, I, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, but I need four. I'm completely addicted. I've been watching it for years, as long as I can remember, probably 20 years. So when I started doing fitness infomercials, the very first time I went out to QVC was with Turbo Jam. And it was so exciting and I loved it. And what I love about it is number one, they are the experts and you are a guest and they critique you and they want you to sell well and they train you and they give you feedback. And I love feedback because, you know, sometimes people don't give you feedback. Like you get to a certain level and people just like don't give you feedback, you know? They just talk behind your back. <laughs> so I like feedback. And the first time it went really well and it was fun, but I haven't been back in many years. Now, recently, last weekend, I was asked to go back on QVC to offer Pio, which is my fusion of yoga and Pilates. It's a home workout that I do with Beachbody. And my first airing, 
I had a full one hour show. Now, previously, anytime I'd been on QVC, I think the longest spot I ever had was 10 minutes. And basically, I don't know what the exact statistics are, but I'm pretty sure if you're not selling at least $10,000 per minute, you're not likely to come back. It's just a thing, you know? So you can do that by having a low price item that's flying out the door or a higher price item that you're still selling well. But basically, it's just a numbers thing. So you're either killing it or you're not. And if you're not killing it, you're probably not going to be back. And so the fact that I had a one-hour show, I'm like, OMG! I'm like so excited. And I went and did my training And I was so excited and so prepared. And since the first time I was on QVC, I've had probably 10,000 more on-camera hours of training and experience. So I wasn't nervous at all. I was so excited. I mean, so excited. I couldn't wait for the opportunity. And I couldn't believe I had an hour to sell. I'm like, OMG, this is so exciting. This is everything. And I can't wait to go. So I prepared mentally. I was incredibly excited and we went on air and something fell off, a little off, but it just always does. When you're on live TV, like it never feels natural. That's bottom line. Live TV never feels natural, but sometimes you can finish and you go, hey, that looks pretty natural. So we went on the air and oh, you have an IFB in your ear. So it's very, very chaotic. So there's an IFB, which is like a device that goes in your ear so you can hear the producer talking. And at the same time, you have the host talking and then there's this stuff going on behind the scenes. And then you can see all these different monitors. One monitor shows you what's happening and the other monitor shows you what's coming up next. And then there's like, oh, probably 20 cameras and you're looking at the host and then you look this way and I'm not joking. There's 20 cameras. So when you go like this, you look here and then you have to identify where's the red light? Like, which light am I looking at? Which camera, right? We did the hour long show, which felt like two minutes to me. It felt like four hours to the cast who was behind me because, well, we just didn't plan that well enough. And so they end up repeating the same moves over and over and over again. I mean, like, I think they probably in total in the course of an hour did about 500 pushups. So that wasn't so great. Anyways, we get off and I feel like it's pretty good. Energy's good. We got some great calls. Host seems relatively happy. But as soon as we walked off the set, I could see people's faces. And I was like, oh no, I could just tell. And the woman Peg, who's my rep at QVC, and I went there with her with Turbo Jam and the first time, when I came off of Turbo Jam, she's high five in me and she's like, woo, you know, she's like, you know, we won the game, right? And the faces of the people at QVC, the people who put on your mics, all the producers, Peg, who is my contact at QVC, our representative from Beachbody, Peggy. I could just tell they were kind of like, nobody said anything, nobody frowned. I just can tell from microfacial expressions when you killed it and when you didn't kill it, right? Now, it was the hour of the day. It doesn't matter. They set goals for you and sales statistics based on that hour of the day, based on a fitness program being sold at that hour of the day. So there's a goal for each hour, each second, each minute. My first airing was at 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So they don't compare it to another time and another day. They compare it to anyone else who would go on at that time at that day. And I could just tell from the looks on their faces that they were really disappointed. And I didn't ask because I already knew. 
But I later texted Peg and said, I don't want that feedback in that moment, right? But sure enough, I asked for feedback because I knew it hadn't done well. And I just wanted to confirm, like, we didn't do well, right? And they said, yeah, no, no, but it's okay. Like, don't worry about it. It's a ridiculously difficult goal to hit. You weren't even close, but it's hard. And I said, okay. And then I had to deal with how that made me feel about myself. And so that's the first thing I want you to take away from the story is when you have a setback or when you, you know, you don't hit the mark and you feel like you could have been better or you're a disappointment to other people or you failed, what does it make you feel? When you think about it, when you think about that missing the mark, what does it say about you? And in the past, when I've had failures, many of them, and by the way, when I've had failures, it doesn't mean I failed because humans can't fail. Trying something, an experiment can fail, a project can fail, but humans can't fail. The only way a human can fail is by not trying and not picking themselves back up and going again. You cannot fail. But I've had a lot of failures, a lot of projects that didn't go well, a lot of infomercials that weren't hits. I've had a lot of things that didn't go so well. And at first, I really struggled anytime there was a failure because I felt what that said about me is I'm not valuable. I'm not good enough. I let people down. Mainly, my thought is I'm not valuable. I'm not good enough for people, really. I am not good enough to take care of people. Usually, that's my first thought. I think everyone has different thoughts when they fail. But I've worked through a lot of that with therapy. And so now, I don't feel like it's me that's failed. I don't feel like it says anything negative about me. I feel that it says something negative about that experience. Like, maybe it's something negative about how I prepared or the circumstances. But I don't feel it's a reflection on me as a human, right? And so that's the first thing I want you to take away from it. But I also want you to be aware that that's like common sense. So when I say that to you, you know that. And you know that of me, right? Like, you would say, oh, Shalene, you're not a failure, And I could say that to you, you're not a failure, but yet in our heads, we still tend to have this thought. So I want you to know that if your first thought is, I'm not good enough, I'm a fraud, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm bad, this always happens to me. Like if your first thought when there's a failure is it's a reflection on you as a failure, then there's something there. And I really do want you to look into that because you know what, people stop trying because that's an awful thing to feel. It's really hard to feel that. And so because of that, most people are afraid to try because they don't want to fail. And the reason why they don't want to fail is because they don't want to feel that they're a failure. Who would want to feel like they're a failure, right? So when you can work through this, then you're no longer afraid to try even if it does fail. How awesome is that? Then what you have to do is you have to ask yourself or someone else, what could I have done better, right? What could I have done better? So what could you have done better? So what I had to do, because I wanted to do better. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to let other people down. You know, even though I knew that didn't mean I was a failure, but I wanted to to fix this. I wanted to be better. I want to do my best. And I knew I hadn't done my best. And so the first thing I did was ask for feedback from the host, which she gave me great feedback. And let me give you this piece of advice. If you are bold enough to ask someone for feedback, you absolutely are wasting your time if you make excuses as they're trying to give you feedback, or if you say, yeah, I know I did that. Well, actually, no, I already tried that. Like if you're that person, just don't even ask for feedback because the person who's giving you feedback knows that some of the feedback they're gonna give you, you already know. And it's hard to ask for feedback because nine times out of 10, you have to ask for feedback even though you know pretty much everything you did wrong right? You already know. So it's hard to ask and have someone say, you know, all those negative thoughts you have running through your head here. Let me just say them out loud for you. 
right? That's hard. It's like getting punched in the gut, but you have to ask someone to punch you. But see, it's not a sucker punch when you ask. You just tighten up your abs. You're like, okay, I'm ready. Hit me. And you just tighten up your abs and you just wait for them to punch you in the stomach. And that's all you got to do. And then you just listen. And if they're wrong, fine. If they're right, it could help you. So then you have to ask yourself, okay, what could I have done better? And then the next question you have to ask yourself is when you know what you could have done better, you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? For example, if you had a goal of running a marathon in a certain time frame, like you had a, a minute mark that you wanted to hit and you look back on what you could have done better and what it meant is that you could have, you could have eaten a little better the week of the race, you could have trained a little harder, and you can then ask yourself, well, is that worth it? Like, is it worth it for me to do those things to get a better time? And if the answer is yes, then you should do it. But if the answer is, well, you would have had to run on an injured foot. You would have had to cut and restricted your calories to get a faster time. You would have had to miss your kid's bar mitzvah. And all of the sacrifices that would have perhaps better prepared you for that marathon, you have to ask yourself, well, is that worth it? Because if it's not worth it, then should you really do it? You know, for example, I know people all the time who they set a goal for themselves and they miss the mark and they're so upset with the fact that they didn't miss the mark and they go back and they realize like what they needed to do differently and the sacrifices are people and the sacrifices are relationships and the sacrifices sometimes leave them in a position where they're far worse off had they never achieved the goal right? And so it's like, why do you have to do that? Because it's on your bucket list. So silly. Like you still have to evaluate, like, is this worth it for me? And then what you have to do after you've looked at what you could have done better, you've got to talk to other people who can help you identify what, listen to this, tiny little things you can adjust. Because oftentimes when we miss the mark, it's by a fraction it's by one degree. And so it's not a big, big, big thing. It's all the little things. It's all the tiny little things. And I know this very well because we've been in business now for 20 plus years. And every year by just making little teeny tiny tweaks, by just getting a little bit better at certain things, not at all things, but just getting a little bit better at little things all the time, we just keep getting better and better and better at what we do. So it's not throwing in the towel. It's not starting over. It's not drastically doing an overhaul on your approach. It's the tiny little adjustments that make monumental changes in your outcome. So I asked for that feedback and I took the feedback and then I reached out to a few friends who had been on air selling before and then I just reviewed my notes because here's the thing, when you're passionate about something, there's still a very specific way that that message has to be delivered so that people understand what it is you're talking about and how it benefits them and there's a very specific way to do that, a very specific way and it's the same whether you're on infomercial whether you're doing a webinar, whether you're doing a sales letter or an email or on live TV, it's the same. And I'd forgotten some of those very key ingredients, very key ingredients. And I was so sweet because I, I went on Periscope on Saturday morning and I was talking about this and yeah, oh, it was so kind of everybody reached out and told me everything I did wrong on Twitter. Thank you so much. I didn't want to get like brutally pummeled with all of your feedback. I'm like, simmer down experts, simmer down now. Y'all are experts now. Y'all couldn't wait to tell me what I did wrong. Thank you very much. Sheesh. 
Sheesh. So, but I did talk to a bunch of people and I did take a lot of notes. I rewatched, and I don't normally do this, but I rewatched myself on that show repeatedly to look for little teeny tiny things that would make a difference. I didn't watch it to say, oh, you look so, you know, ridiculous when you said that, or I hate the way I, you know, I, I didn't look at to beat myself up. I rewatched it many times to see what very specific elements were missing and where I could make a tweak with a critical eye. And then I reached out to a few people who were experts and whose opinions I know. Because it's one thing that people go, they're like, well, I'm not sure if I liked it. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't matter. There's a formula. And I'd left out some really important pieces, some really important elements. And so I went back the next morning and then we didn't have an hour. They just gave us 10 minutes. And in that 10 minute show, we sold almost double the amount that we had sold the night before at our time slot that was an hour long. So I'm like, yes, okay, we're on it. And then I asked that host to give me feedback. And I called more people and I said, what could I do better? What didn't go well? Where do we see a spike in sales? Where did we see viewership drop off? And then I rewatched myself again and I made notes on how I could adjust. And then we went back at 10 p.m. that night for an hour long show. Let me just say, guess what? Sold out, sold out and sold out or nearly sold out of our backup stock, which is insane. Like I have never, ever, ever done that. So we went from like clearly a disastrous start to a sellout, which is really hard to do. It's like my dream come true. It was my dream come true to have, not really, but I mean, it was nice. It wasn't like a dream, but it was, it was definitely a goal. It definitely made me happy. But know this, if I hadn't, if I still was had pretty dismal results and I had done my best, that's all that I can do. And there's been many occasions where the ending to the story isn't so grand. One of which was Shalene Extreme. The program works. Some of you probably do it. One of the hosts at QVC, she's like, oh, you're Shalene, oh my God, I'm a two-time Shalene Extreme grad. The program freaking works. It's amazing. It's built on science. It's strength training. It's periodization. It's, it's everything, in my opinion. But we couldn't get to work on TV. And we tweaked and we tweaked. And a lot of the problems with why that show didn't work is because of me. Because I really pushed for us to use select tech weights, which are amazing. But they look huge. They look huge. They're like, they look gargantuan. So like when you're curling seven pounds, it looks like you have 50 pound weights. And that's a hard sell for most women. The visual, the image is like big giant weights. I pushed hard for that. And Carl Deichler, the CEO at Beachbody and Lara Ross, who was my creative director at the time, they're like, okay, like very reluctantly agreed after I pushed for that. And that was my bad, you know? Then it was done. Beachbody just kept pouring money in to try to make it work on TV. Now, trust me, it works and you can get it from a coach. And many of you who are watching me right now have probably done Shalene Extreme and had amazing results. But for whatever reason, it didn't translate on TV. And that's hard because that meant Beachbody put millions of dollars tweaking and testing that show. And we kept going back and refilming and and I kept watching and seeing things that I could do better, like using bands instead of weights. Well, there's the boots, but that's a whole nother scope. But at a certain point, I did everything I could to make it better. Still, there was no happy ending, 
right? Except people get great results. But in terms of like it working on TV, it just never did. So sometimes you're going to do your best and it still won't be good enough. But what does it say about you is what you need to leave with. And what it said about me is I did my best. And I have to be happy with that. And I am, and I'm proud of that program. And I know that it's given people amazing results, but I had to work, I literally had to do therapy. Truth. I had to go to therapy to get through that feeling of failure and to finally recognize that I still had value even if the show didn't work. I was still a good person. I still was creative. I still knew what I was talking about. I was still good enough. It just didn't work on TV. And it took a long time for me to get there. But I finally did. And I want you to have that too because it makes it so much easier for me to just try things now. If I hadn't worked through that, I can tell you that I would have been very reluctant to try new things because it was so painful to feel so depressed. I had to use the word depressed because I really wasn't like clinically depressed, but I had not been that sad or down on myself and down in the dumps. And if I hadn't gone through therapy and worked through that, I assume I would be so afraid to feel that again that I probably wouldn't have tried and constantly, I'm trying new stuff all the time where I know there's a really good chance we're gonna fail. You know, whether it's doing the launch, like this year, the launch for Smart Success. We decided we're not gonna do a traditional launch. We're not gonna do the four part series of videos. We're not gonna use any affiliates, even though that's a formula. And we just decided to do it pretty much infomercial style, one video, open cart one day, like one live broadcast. And it was a risky thing to do. And I knew there's a very good chance we could fail. And in the past, I would not have done that because I would have feared that I would have let everybody down. But it worked out all right. But even if it hadn't, Actually, it was our best launch ever. It was our biggest smart success event ever, ever, ever. And it was easier on me and it was easier on our staff and it was it was just the right thing to do. But it might not have been. You know, sometimes you have to try things and you can't be afraid that the failure is a reflection on you because it's not. It might be a reflection on the process. It may be a reflection on the time slot. It may be a reflection on the timing. It may be a reflection on the partners. It may be a reflection on your preparation. It may be a reflection on all those things, but it is not a reflection on who you are. Now, would you like to know as my extra added bonus, the one thing, the one really important element that I had left out when I went on QVC for the first hour, because I'm gonna tell you what very, very important element that I forgot and I see people forget all the time and it's huge and it's why we didn't have sales. I mean, we did, but pretty dismal in that first hour. And then when I came back, it was like baking a cake and I had left out the flour and the eggs. Like I literally left out the flour and the eggs. And this is so huge. And I've watched so many other people who are excited about this thing that they offer, but they leave it out. They leave it out. They always forget. And this element is the difference between mediocre results and killer results. You ready? Now, keep this in mind. There are a lot of ingredients. You need a story. You need to explain to people how it is that you were in this position before this thing that you've created and how it's helped you. You have to explain to people what exactly led you to create this thing or led you to fall in love with this thing or why it is you're so excited about this. You have to talk to people about exactly what it is they're getting. People need to know that. You need to tell people the price. You need to let people know exactly what their lives are gonna be like with this product. 
But the one thing that I forgot were features and benefits. All I talked about were the benefits. I forgot to talk about the features. And if you do those two things and not back to back, consumers don't make the connection. Features and benefits. Now that word can trick people up. So let me give you what I, or the term I use instead of the term features and benefits. I like to use the terms in my head because features and benefits, I'm always like, that confuses me. That confuses me. My brain can't do that that fast. Here's a layman's way of understanding features and benefits. It is what is unique about it and why that's awesome for you. Okay. So for example, one of the features of Pio is that you can do it at home. The benefit of that is you don't have to drive to the gym. One of the features of Pio is that it's a fusion of yoga and Pilates, all of the best pieces though. So I took out all the boring stuff. I took out all the stuff that really doesn't bring calories. How does that benefit you? Well, you're finally going to do a fitness, a mind-body program that actually burns calories and is a weight loss program. That's a major benefit because most people know all of the benefits of stretching, but they're missing the benefit of a calorie burn. But because of the features of Pio, one of the unique benefits is it's a calorie burner, which means people lose weight. It's a weight loss program. One of the features of Pio is that I give you a complete calendar where you know what to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, every single day. What's the benefit of that? It takes out all the guesswork. Yeah. See? Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for joining me. And thank you for everybody who called in. And it was such an amazing experience personally and professionally. I like feeling uncomfortable. I like feeling that I'm getting better at being uncomfortable. And I liked feeling that I had missed the mark. And it was a good experience for me to realize that it was okay for me to be bummed and to also recognize that I, I wasn't feeling bad about who I was as a person. I was bummed, but I was mainly bummed for everybody else. I'm like, oh man, you know, I was bummed for everybody else. I didn't feel bad about myself this time. And that made me really happy. Like I'm getting stronger. I'm getting better. We want to get better as human beings, right? So think about that. And if you're afraid to try things because you're afraid to fail, it's likely because you fear that painful thought that it must say something about you. You can let that continue to be your biggest obstacle. You can continue to let that stop you and hold you back from your greatness. Or you can go to therapy or get yourself a life coach and work through it. Or you can do it the hard way and just keep sucking it up. You know, I don't know. I just feel like it's such a shortcut to go to an expert. Like you're not going to have your best friend do your dental work. You're not going to do your own tooth extraction. So like why suffer? Like go to an expert, you know, find somebody who's good who can help you. And it's just a much faster way to be a better human, be a happier human. I want you to be a happier human. This episode has been sponsored by CourageousConfidenceClub.com. It's a club that I've created specifically to help people who struggle with confidence and insecurities and social settings and, and just standing up for themselves, being yourself and feeling good about it. All of us could benefit from having more confidence. I'd love for you to just experience a taste of it. So please be my guest by going to ShaleenJohnson.com forward slash confidence tips. Now, if you don't feel like writing that web address down or remembering to go there later, all you have to do is, while you're listening from your phone, send me a text message. The number is 949-565-4337, and that is for U.S. residents. Then just send me the word confidence, and I will send you 
access to this video. This video will help you to eliminate self-doubt and just feel more confident in any situation, whether it's work or personal or just your social interactions. Every one of us can benefit from having more confidence. There you'll submit your email address and I will immediately send to your inbox my latest training video where I teach you step-by-step step how to feel more confident in just about any social setting. I think you'll find this incredibly useful, whether it's business or personal or just in your everyday interactions. Confidence is something that makes life easier. It helps you to raise more confident, self-efficient children. It allows us to speak our mind, to stand up for ourselves, to do the things that otherwise we are paralyzed by fear and we just allow our own thoughts to stop us. By learning how to overcome self-doubt and fear of success, you can become that confident person that others are attracted to. The person you wanna be, the person you deserve to be, the person you know is inside of you. So thank you for checking out my free tools by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips.